HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Sarah Kim, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more, and if it's for you, sign up. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a show about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, pourable, and ador- adorable, with me, your host, Nosferatu. <laughs> and me, Casanova. Oh, very sexy, very appropriate for today's topic. Let's not ruin it yet. Let's not spill the beans, which is going to come into play when I tell my story. Ew. Beans. <laughs> this podcast is not about beans, but beans will be mentioned. There will be beans. How are you? I'm fine, I guess. Okay. Good to be honest. What's uh, what's crackalacking over there in Indiana? <laughs> the world is really fucked up. And I watched, for, so like around 10 o'clock in the morning, the regular news stops and like the talk shows come on, but like the morning yeah. talk shows. And so Michelle Obama was on one of them this morning. And mm. I would normally not watch this, but... Sure. Um, she basically, first of all, she has a TV show on Netflix about cooking, which is weird. Informative. Look, if you can't um, learn to cook from the first lady, who's going to teach you? That's what I'd and, like to know. And she basically <laughs> implied that the reason that the pandemics that happened during Obama's administration didn't turn into crazy pandemics like we had this year because Obama stopped it from happening. Right, single-handedly had nothing to do. I mean, I was like, my mouth fell open, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like my husband, when he was in office, when that there was a pandemic, okay, and like because of what he did, there wasn't a pandemic. I mean, look, I can I can see the logic (laughs) extending to the fact that obviously he was more competent in the administration, and you know, obviously like many problems with the Obama administration as well, but like. Not dismantling tasks, task forces, task forces, task forces to deal with crises such as this one, like uh, the last president did. I can I can understand the logic in that. But to like imply single handedly that he stopped the Ebola virus, he's like, back off, Ebola. Well, it's just it's 
she's basically saying it would have been the same. I don't know. Whatever. I was just like, ma'am, I'm glad that you love your husband, I guess, after all these years. It's very Uh, nice to see. Look, I just saw an article today that said, yes, old, old married still have sex. And so clearly they are. I mean, how much more (laughs) sex could you, how much more evident could be that you're still having sex with your husband when you claim that he is responsible for (laughs) single-handedly stopping the Ebola virus? He's like, after he bought me that mansion in Hawaii, he can do no wrong. And he has done no wrong ever. (laughs) There's a lot of gaslighting that goes on with, uh. (laughs) <laughs> with the liberal elites, for sure. Um, um, but yeah, so I was just like, I am LOL, Michelle Obama. Um, but then that was fine. And it's the weather's been really nice here in Indiana. So that's good news. Unlike uh, here in New York City, it's a balmy day and <laughs> it just started raining. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, um, I went to go apply for this job. And mm-hmm. so it was, it's at a, pizza restaurant just like to be a bartender or whatever and i like walk in there at right when they open at 11 which is what you're supposed to do you know if you're going to a restaurant to apply for a job Mm -hmm. go during the off hours like right when they open or in between services and i got there and there were just a bunch of kids there and they were like come back at 5 p.m and talk to a manager and i was like okay that seems like kind of a weird time to come back because that's like busy yeah whatever who cares? I'll come back two times in one day. I'm nothing else to do. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I'm that guy. Yeah. So I went back and this teen manager comes over to me. He's probably not a teen. He's like 30, but that's like a teen to me. And he's like, he's like, hey, I'm not the hiring manager. Um, I did see your resume, but you should come back on Friday because the hiring manager's there. I definitely don't come at dinner time. And I was like, Bitch, the child who works here in the mornings told me to come back at 5. I am an ancient seasoned restaurant professional. I know not to come at 5. Uh, <laughs> I hope you said it like that. And I hope you burned this place to the motherfucking ground also, when you left. this like, is a small pizza place. They don't, I don't know why I have to go back there three times just to talk to the manager. <laughs> the guy was like, I was like, should I come back on Friday? I was like, I don't want to be a stalker. And he was like so condescending. He was like, no, no. He was like, it's great to be persistent. And I was like, uh, You're like, yeah. I'm aware of like, this. <laughs> okay, buddy. I don't even know. I think my pride, my ancient pride is too ruffled already to work for you. Um, but that's hilarious. Just kidding. I will go back there on Friday to see so I can get rebuffed one more time. Uh, are they gonna, <laughs> I hope they don't make you wear any flair. Also, I think that the best time to go apply for a job is in, dead in the middle of the night. You break into that place <laughs> and then you're there when everyone gets in in the morning and then they're amazed. They're like, how did you get in here? <laughs> and then you're I'm hired. Like, Your manager told me to be persistent, asshole. <laughs> so I fucking <laughs> broke in and then here I am. I'm nude. You need to cover yourself up in sushi. Whatever. I, like, I learned, I taught myself how to make pizza because I'd been here for six hours and I didn't <laughs> want to fall asleep. You come in like in a Mario <laughs> costume and didn't they make pizza? Is that racist? I'm Italian. I can say that. <sighs> I but, don't know what they did. Yeah. You should just go in in like a Pizziolo's outfit. What are you planning to be a bartender? <laughs> go in yeah, and fill yeah, the yeah. place, fill the entire <laughs> restaurant with fresh pizzas when they walk in, <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> a, a pizza buffet. They just topple they, over. <laughs> When they walk in the door. <laughs> and you're like, guys, I've been, look, this man over here told me to be persistent. And I took that very seriously. <laughs> so I've been here all night. I've made all, I milled this flour from scratch. Mm-hmm. 
Like in that movie, it's complicated when they make croissants to have Chocolate as a snack croissants. from scratch. <laughs> Maybe they're regular. Maybe they're chocolate croissants. Yeah, from scratch while he stands there waiting patiently. <laughs> well, look, now you have a game plan and you're absolutely going to get hired. Maybe yeah. to bring this all full circle, you should tune into Michelle's uh, cooking show. You could get some tips on how to make fresh hot pizza from her. I'm sure she has an episode on that. Oh, and yeah. then you take that over to your job after you've broken in, bandage yourself up. Clearly, you're going to need some help. You're going to have to punch through a window. Um, yeah, make sure you bring band aids. <laughs> Medical tape. <laughs> I'm a, I've transitioned to a career coach. This is the kind of advice you can expect from my company. This is good. This is really, I'm writing everything down. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so after all of that excitement, I then went to my local Kroger and mm-hmm. got my first vaccination shot. Oh, well, good for you. That's amazing. It's very amazing. It's amazing. How do you feel? Walk into your Kroger, and I feel fine. It's exactly 12 hours later right now, so no side effects. I got the Pfizer one. Okay. You know, the it's woman... really... <laughs> Go ahead. I have something funny to tell you after that. The woman, it's so, so funny. I basically, like, I walk in. I had a long sleeve shirt. I had to, like, roll it up. She's like, sit down. Take off your shirt. And I'm, like, trying to roll up my sleeve, and she's like, sit down. And I'm like, I'm, I have to get my shirt sleeve up before I sit down. <laughs> and she was like, sit down. She kept telling me to sit down, and finally she just comes over and sticks it in my arm I was like wasn't even paying attention and I was like what's happening she's like she was like okay she's like I had no side effects go sit in the lobby for 15 minutes and she's like I had no side effects and I was like okay well my sister had some but she had Moderna and she was like well this is dead so it should be fine and I was like wow okay okay wow this sounds very intense um but yeah so in Indiana in the next they're doing they're doing a pretty good job of vaccinating people um so they're already rolling out 16 and up, I think, next week. Oh, that's great. They should have done a good job of preventing people from getting coronavirus in the first place by asking yeah, them to do simple no. things like wear a tiny piece of fucking cloth no, in front no. of your face. I don't mean to give them any pads <laughs> on the back because they're about to reverse the mask mandate. Stop <laughs> jerking off Mike Pence, okay? Look, <laughs> I was talking to Michael Peretti the other day and we were having a real laugh about um, <laughs> we were catching up and he was... He, we were talking about getting vaccinated and, like, our mixed feelings about it. Like, you know, just the way I feel about it is that, obviously, I am not anti-vax, but I'm, cur- you know, skeptical of big pharma. And oh, yeah. Well, resentful I, like that that. The I don't have to hero- pay any money. Totally. But, like, skeptical of big pharma and, and resentful of the fact that the hero in all this is, like, fucking big pharma. Like, the savior. Like, yay, Pfizer saved the day. But, you know, whatever. Um, Obviously, I'm pro-science, and um, I will end up getting vaccinated. And I'm glad there is vaccine, because there's a lot of people who are, you know, at high risk. I don't need to say this. You know how I feel. <laughs> I'm a regular yeah. person. So, anyway, Michael Purdy and I were just, like, chatting about our shared kind of similar feelings about it. And he's like, well, you know, I don't want to get the Pfizer one because like, you know, Pfizer's like the worst, most evil company. He's like, and the Johnson and Johnson one isn't like very, uh, like it isn't very good. What it's only 60% reliable or something. And then I was like, yeah, but Moderna, that sounds Italian. It sounds like Modena where all the balsamic vinegar comes from. He's like, yeah, you go get it. They're like, well, whatever. You know, this is vinegar and garlic. It's good for you. <laughs> and then you get it and you can speak Italian <laughs> after it's done. So well, I was going to, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, for anyone who's looking to uh, learn Italian quickly, get the Moderna, Mod, Moderna, Moderna one. Moderna, I don't know. But 
so I was going to get Johnson and Johnson because hello, one and done, that makes more sense. And then I looked it up too, and it is less effective. But then a friend of mine, friend of the pod, Kelly, texted me this. She was like, I've never known the efficacy rate of any vaccine I've ever gotten in my life. So why start now? And I was well, like, that's, that's a very a good, good point. point. Like, we don't know the percentage of efficacy for any of the other vaccines I got when I was a child. Oh, the effectiveness. Okay. I was thought, thinking she was talking about the ethicus, like the ethical nature of the no, vaccine, ethi- which is also true. Efficacy. Efficacy. Like, yeah. How right, 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 right. How? Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> what up, Kelly? Um, that's a good point. And yeah, I was like, oh, man, but I already signed up for this two time one. So it's whatever. So look, this is what you have to do in New York City if you want to get vac- vaccinated. You have to either sit on your fucking computer all day long and try to like refresh your page, or you have to like line up at a place that gives vaccines and see if they have like le- like leftovers <laughs> for yeah, you. Like you sucks. have to dumpster dive. It just feels wrong. <laughs> it feels. Gr- I mean, it's not wrong. It's perfectly fine, and everyone Here, should do it. You can just waltz into your local Kroger. Hmm. Well, but first you have to make an appointment, but. I First, we have it. to build a Kroger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Start with that. First, we need a Kroger. Now, I want to talk to you about a few things that happened during my week. I've actually written out a handwritten list. I never do this. I usually just rely on my brain, which we all know is full of Tic Tacs, <laughs> to remember <laughs> um, to talk about things. But I want to talk about two movies that I watched this week. Very different. Uh, one is the 1993, uh, I guess Willy. let's call it a, yes, the 1993 <laughs> Orca Whale Vehicle. No. Uh, the 1993, I guess we could call it a Kira Sedgwick Vehicle, Singles. What? I just watched Singles too. What the fucking hell? What are the odds? What are, is it, it's on it HBO before. though, right? Yeah, it's on something. Okay, that's why we both watched it. It's, I, I liked it. I thought it was boring. As a single, I liked it. And I wonder, why did Campbell Scott, the male star, the male lead, never have much of a career? I like him. Because, okay, I hated him. I've always, and I always conflate him with, um, Data from Star Trek? No. (laughs) No, Joan Didion's nephew. uh, Oh, Griffin Dunn? Yeah, I get Campbell Scott and Griffin Dunn mixed up. Well, the names are both... I love annoying. Campbell Scott's parents. I love Colleen Dewhurst. I love George C. Scott. But um, mm. yeah, he. I found him annoying. I think his voice is annoying. And yeah, I just couldn't deal with it. Also, I was texting my friend who's from the Pacific Northwest near Seattle, but not Seattle, while I was watching it. And I was mm-hmm. making fun of Kira Sedgwick for being a billionaire. Um, <laughs> is she? Yeah, she's like from a billionaire family. Are you sure you're um, not thinking of Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Yes, I am not. They're, They're both. both billion- How dare they both be billion? That's very disappointing. Mm-hmm. I would but- like Campbell Scott to call me on the telephone. I think he's <laughs> handsome. And I looked at yeah. him, now he's still handsome. I can't, yeah, but now he's like a director or something, right? <clears throat> he could direct me. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but he could do it. <laughs> is it is it him or Griffin Dunn who's in that weird Julia Roberts movie with like, it's like set in San Francisco and it's very bad. It's like a, he's like an invalid or something. Oh, I'm not sure that's the correct term, but, um, dying young, that's Campbell Scott. It is Campbell Scott. Okay. Did you, did you (laughs) run out and watch all the other movies? (laughs) Yes. I've watched, I'm a Campbell Scott completist. (laughs) That's on my fucking dating online dating profile. Remember, do you remember that movie from the olden times? You, You just knew dying young was the name of it. Yeah, I don't know. I have a really good memory for um, 
random movies that nobody also, else has seen. <laughs> invalid? I think you can say invalid. It just means that you're housebound, doesn't it? <laughs> Look, if you can't say it, if it is something we shouldn't say, I would suggest maybe just stop saying it altogether since we don't know. <laughs> invalid is from um, that Ethan Hawke movie. What is that one? Where he's masquerading as a genetically modified person, but he's not. Gattaca? Yeah, love Gattaca. See, look at this. Ask me another. Okay, so I watched Singles, and <laughs> I did also watch a movie that was very bad, which is The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> okay, we clearly don't have the same taste in movies. This movie is so fucked up, though. It's like it's like Janine Graffalo is supposed to be this heinous troll that like couldn't possibly get a date. And this, I don't know if you remember the premise that well, but like... Oh, I do. I love okay. that movie. It's what I would like to happen to the premise of... I think we should model this show around that movie. Some <laughs> hot dude hears Janine Garofalo. She's the host of a show about cats and dogs on the radio. A radio hot, show. A hot dude is having an issue because he's a photographer and he's trying to take photographs of a fucking giant dog, like a mastiff. On roller skates. On roller skates. He calls in to get the advice. He's so taken with her that he wants to meet her. This is crazy already. Then she can't admit because she thinks she's too disgusting and ugly. <laughs> she's so hot. <laughs> but she has to say that Uma Thurman, her random like neighbor, is her. And then comedy ensues. But I found it to be terribly frustrating. I was yanking my hair out the whole time. Yeah, I we was on the other day and I was like catching parts of it and it's whatever it's like and Uma Thurman plays like a dumb model with a an, an abusive relationship yeah who um, wants to be a newscaster oh my god yeah it's so, frustrating it's a frustrating film it does spoiler alert work out in the end yeah Janine Garofalo gets plastic surgery huh this, the, who's the lead guy he's hot who is he he I don't know, I don't know. he disappeared completely I'm a whatever he is completest <laughs> Because he's only in the one movie. And then I watched a movie. I took a total 180 and I watched Network. You have never seen that? Well, I recommend it. I've seen the Broadway play, actually, but I had never seen the movie. And um, it's really quite good. That's what they say. Yeah, it's always on, like, the best movies of all times list. And I will go ahead and and give it two thumbs and two toes straight up in the air. Love that. Wait, which one is Network? Not the one with... It's like, I'm not as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. Not the, what's the one with the love triangle with, um. Harrison Ford? No, not, (laughs) with, god damn it. They're all newscasters and. Legal Eagles? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's about the law. What's the woman, the actress who, (gasps) I'm sad I can't remember her name. She's in, oh my god, this is terrible. Uh, oh, yes, scared. that movie. You're not giving me enough information. I'll never be able to guess at this rate. Holly Hunter. Oh, I don't know. Holly Anybody Hunter out and- there? Call into the show. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about? I think it's called I Broadcast News. Oh, yes, Broadcast News. That's a movie, too. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. n- that's nowhere near network level. Network is, like, the real deal. It's very good. Well, Faye Dunaway. It's always, it's always on the rom-com list, and I just... I, part of the reason why I've never gotten into it is it starts off very boring, but also because Albert Brooks is a love interest for me is a no-go. <laughs> but you're talking now about network, about broadcast news. Yes. Okay, because Albert Brooks is not in network, and he is not a good love interest. He is a troll, an unlovable troll. He should have been in The Truth About Cats and Dogs. <laughs> the premise of broadcast news is that she's in a love triangle with 
James Brooks, or no, James Brooks produced it. Mm. Okay. With Albert Brooks and William Hurt. Oh, that's not a, there's no competition there. William Hurt, 100% all day, every day. I don't care anything about, I don't want to hear any more information about this. If Albert <laughs> Brooks wins in the end. <laughs> well, maybe William Hurt plays like a jerk, like a Lothario. Doesn't matter. You couldn't, he couldn't be bad enough to make me want to fuck Albert Brooks instead of him. <laughs> Literally nothing know, he could like, do. There was a period of time when people were really trying to make Albert Brooks happen as a leading man, and they really kept going. There's other movies, too. Like, <laughs> I know. I the names of them, but they're out there. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, uh, Defending Your Life, great movie. He's the love interest with Meryl Streep. That's a really good movie. Anyway. Um, I wanted to also just ask you if there, you have any new information about um, our bizarre new mutual uh, obsession, not in a romantic way, just in a curiosity-based way, Ben Affleck or Ben Affleck. Oh, I do have some more information, actually. That's good yes. you asked. What's happening um, with him? What's the Affleck so report? <laughs> basically, it's been reported in the news that Anna de Armas, his ex-girlfriend, has been wearing half of a heart like, be best friends necklace or something. Mm-hmm. And people have been speculating that she's wearing it and Ben gave it to her because they're going to rekindle their romance. But <laughs> the gossip Instagram that I follow has put this down and they said that that necklace is actually from her stylist, not from Ben. And when pictures of them were wearing them, Ben was actually wearing her necklace, weirdly <gasps> enough. And so... what? On his big, giant, fat neck, he was wearing her tiny necklace? (laughs) Yeah. So, basically, they're not getting back together, okay, everyone? So, calm down. I certainly hope not. (laughs) I don't even know who this woman is, but all I can say is that I I do think that she can do better than Ben Affleck. (laughs) She's an up-and-coming actress who is from, I believe, Cuba. Don't quote me on that, but she basically started off as an actor, and then when she came to L.A., she kind of had to start from scratch, even though she was already established um, in the Spanish-speaking world and had trouble getting roles because she has an accent and whatnot. But now, she's coming into her own. She's hot. She's in her 30s, which I love. Nice. God bless Ana de Armas. God bless you, ma'am, madam. Um, we have a listener, Nicole. <laughs> we do, it is proof that we do have a listener, um, friend of the show, my friend, you know this woman, Molly Culver. Uh, oh, of hi, Molly, Molly, yes. Of Molly Oliver Flowers. What a delight. She left me a message today saying that she loves the show so much and she <laughs>, laughs aloud listening to it. <laughs> and she said, I'm, your mom isn't the only listener. I'm a listener too. And to that I say, Molly, my mom stopped listening to the show long ago. <laughs> She, did. she doesn't it's like it. True. She doesn't care for it. Uh, and so you are now our one and only listener. So welcome, <laughs> Molly. And you can follow Molly on Instagram at Molly Oliver Flowers. She is an amazing florist. She, I, I don't even know. Is that covered? Florist? I don't think that's even like a high enough word for what she is. She's a flower a, goddess. A designer? Yeah, a floral designer. That's probably more accurate. She's amazing. Anyway, check her. Check out them flowers. And that's it. I'm ready to go now. No, I'm just kidding. I have one more okay, thing to say. Okay, bye. Goodbye. Just kidding. Come back. Wait, 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 wait. Not so fast. If you stuck with us through the Holly Hunter broadcast news, you might as well keep <laughs> going at this point. <laughs> um, I I saw a picture of my my boyfriend, 
Butter the Puppy Dog. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Butter the Puppy Dog today on the internet. And as all of you regular listeners know, I have um, been super crushing on a puppy in my neighborhood named Butter. And he's wrinkly and blonde and he's little and cute. And I love him so much. And today I saw a picture of him on the internet and he had just gotten peed on. It said in the caption, Butter has just been peed on by another dog. (laughs) And he didn't look too upset about it. And I'm wondering if that Butter and I share the same fetishes now, which we don't. I'm not into that. But he seemed to love it. So we might have to break up. Oh, don't be like Carrie. Don't be vanilla. Don't kink shame. I'm not kink shaming. I'm just saying to Butter, I don't like to be peed on. And if he does, I'm not sure we can share that. But I do have a new puppy that I met the other day that I'm feeling like I could replace Butter with. You can have room for both of these puppies. Also, if he likes to get peed on, then you don't also have to like getting peed on. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But I'm not going to pee on a dog's face. Not now, not <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, this other dog belongs to my friend Chris, and it is named Biggie. And it's a tiny baby French bulldog, and it is nice. It is cute and nice. Nibbly, small, very, very adorable. Like a tiny bat. Very cute. Yeah, Loved it. That's true. It was so cute. Um, so, like yeah, butter. Like a tiny bat pig. I loved it. And uh, so, Butter, I'm just letting you know that, um, you know, the time is coming where I'm ready to meet new puppies, new puppy dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, should we get into our topic? Yeah. It's too hot for TV, but not too hot for Heritage Radio. Am I right, Heritage Radio? Get ready for this sexy episode. (laughs) This sexisode is, did you see what I did there? I did. I noticed it and I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, We are doing sex and food and I decided to do aphrodisiacs, which I repeatedly misspelled in my notes and just didn't fix. Amazing. No one will know. This is a a kind of a very extended part too. Brenton and I did a food and sex episode way in the beginning and I interviewed um, Auntie Angel, who is the woman who uh, coined the grapefruit blowjob technique. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anyone's ever seen that on the internet, but she is incredible and such a, she's like teaches classes and blowjobs to help like empower people wanting to give better blowjobs and be more comfortable with sex. She is an incredible person. So definitely check out what she does, Auntie Angel. But yeah, that was the first episode. I don't remember what Bretton talked about. (laughs) Well, hopefully it wasn't aphrodisiacs because here I go. Get on there. So aphrodisiacs are defined by Webster as any food or drug that causes, that arouses sexual desire. Sorry, I can't even read my own notes. <laughs> um, the word aphrodisiac is based from Aphrodite. She's the goddess of sexual love and beauty. And her name is Greek in origin. Her name Aphrodite derives from the word aphros, which means foam. Because of her origin, which is wild and crazy. Also, I just want to say that I got all of this information from GetRoman.com, but <laughs> I thought it was GetRoman for a while. <laughs> uh, GetRoman.com, and it was written by Dr. Zivi Doron. So a real doctor wrote this. So That's your favorite doctor. It is my favorite doctor. So Afro means foam because Aphrodite was allegedly born when... Cronus, who is Zeus's dad, 
cut off Uranus's genitals. Uranus is Cronus's dad. So basically, Zeus's grandpa got his genitals cut off by Zeus's dad. And oh he threw Uranus's genitals into the sea, and the foam that erupted from that made Aphrodite. <laughs> These Greeks, I tell you. And also, sidebar, imagine being named Uranus and you get your junk cut off. What a terrible, like, one-two punch for you. Yeah, but in Greek, Uranus doesn't mean Uranus, you know? That's fair. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, that happened. Aphrodite's like, yo, here I am. And then they basically invented aphrodisiacs very soon afterwards because we have the history that goes pretty way back of recorded aphrodisiacs um, in the 8th century. Samkita of Shishutra claimed that clarified butter should be boiled with eggs, testes of alligator, testes of mice, testes of frog, testes no! of sparrow. <laughs> testes of sparrow. And then you rub that clarified butter all over the soles of your feet. And if a man does this, he can visit a woman with undiminished vigor as long as his feet don't touch the ground. Ah! So, so you just have to like float. Undiminished vigor, like, missionary style. <clears throat> uh. <laughs> That's the only position they had back then. An <laughs> um, ancient Chinese medicine text from 2600 BC lists an aphrodisiac potion that has 22 ingredients that the emperor drank before he mounted 1,200 women and wow. achieved immortality. I don't know if immortality here is like because he had so many kids from mounting right. 1,200 women or if like having sex with 1,200 women made him like just become immortal. It's unclear. I wonder what he did after. Like, how did he unwind? <laughs> I don't know. Um, then the ancient Egyptians would rub a paste of crocodile heart onto their penis for virility. Yeah. Aphrodisiacs. Um, the Greek philosopher Pliny said that mandrake root is going to increase your potency. So Get that mandrake root. Yes, <laughs> um, wait, I just need to stop you and say that I, every time you say <laughs> aphrodisiacs, all I can think of is the animaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> Which recently rebooted. Um, oh. And I watched part of it and I was like, I don't know. Did you get horny? It's not for me. <laughs> Um, I liked the original show, but the reboot, I don't know. It's too late. Sure. Sorry, I just had to let you know that that's what's <laughs> coursing through my head. It's like a confusion of, like, crocodile yes, penis. Yes, Yes, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry that I say, I know it's, I should be illegal to say on a podcast. Um, <laughs> the ancient Chinese, in addition to, you know, doing that potion, they would eat the sex organs of animals. Mm-hmm. Romans... Those Randy Romans would consume the semen of <laughs> younger men because they uh-huh. thought that the young semen would, like, make their semen young. I don't really know. Sure, that's why um, they did that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Kasu Marzu, that maggoty cheese delicacy from Sardinia, is considered an aphrodisiac. Oh, interesting. Durian fruit is considered an aphrodisiac in Southeast Asia. Oh, it's and stinky. In Africa, ground rhinoceros horn is considered an aphrodisiac. Now, because this is written by a doctor, he's going to tell us which one of these are proven by science to actually work. Okay. First of all, 
Oh, I forgot. Oysters and shellfish also. So science says that sure. oysters actually... Oysters could potentially actually be an aphrodisiac. So Casanova, my namesake, ate 50 raw oysters for breakfast every day to maintain his virility and stamina. Wowza. And science says, yeah, the zinc is what probably is doing that. And that's why it's considered an aphrodisiac. So zinc is essential for sexual maturation and sperm development. Amazing. I actually have a question. This is a real question. So when we think aphrodisiac, for some reason, aside from thinking animaniac, I also (laughs) ponder, does aphrodisiac mean like, I always thought of it as something that makes you want a bone, like something that makes you horny. Is it something that makes you horny or is it something that makes you hard or wet? Well, as I defined at the beginning, an aphrodisiac is any food or drug that arouses sexual desire. Okay. Totally. But like, no, I know, I know that, but like, like it makes, so it makes you horny, but like some of this is saying that it makes you hard. So it's kind of both. It could go either way. Well, if you're horny, you're hard, but you could, can you be horny and not hard? I guess we don't know. I don't know, but I said that it's essential for sexual maturation and sperm development, not hardness. I know. I just have a lot of questions, and it doesn't seem like the animaniacs are going to answer any of them. Right, guys? <laughs> uh, no, they're not. So raw oysters also contain two amino acids, which may increase your sex hormones. So mm. science says probably. Amazing. If you eat 50 raw oysters, it's possible that you'll have more sperm. But you will be broke. Uh, yeah. Dollar oysters, it's a lot of money for breakfast <laughs> every day. And sick. <laughs> um, another aphrodisiac that's considered by the popular culture to be something like that is chocolate. But science says absolutely not. There was a study that compared people that eat chocolate with people who don't eat chocolate, and their sex drive was the same. Hmm. Chili peppers, which is not an aphrodisiac that I was aware of. Um, Me neither. Science, science says potentially it could be. So capsaicin, which is what makes the pepper spicy, mm-hmm. is causes facial flushing, rapid heart rate, sweating, which are all things we associate with sexual arousal. And in studies, chili peppers made rats ejaculate more often. The thought of rats ejaculating? No. No. But it also made them ejaculate prematurely. So Uh, proceed with caution. How do you gauge if a rat is ejaculating prematurely? You know what I mean? How do you know when it's supposed to ejaculate? Like I guess you just time it (laughs) when it's regular and Can you imagine if that's your fucking job? No. Timing rat ejaculations? No, I cannot imagine. Lord of mercy. Um, yes, there's no evidence, there's no test in humans to tell if chili peppers work, but for rats, seems like it could work. So if you're a rat and you're listening, check it out. <laughs> Let us know. Um, red ginseng has, in clinical trials, been positively established for erectile dysfunction. So if you have ED Ooh. and you don't want to try Viagra, although I guess I don't really know if Viagra works for ED. I don't really know. Anyway, if you have some erectile dysfunction, things are getting <laughs> floppy, get some red ginseng. Yeah. Right. Where do you do it? You put it in your mouth or on on your, on your penis? 
I yeah, why do you do it? <laughs> I didn't read the study. I just believe what Dr. Zini Doran said. Okay, you're on your own. Put it somewhere. Um, and maca is supposed to increase desire in men and women. Oh, I take and, maca every day. Oh, well, that's probably why you wanted to do this episode. It explains why I'm fucking horny as a little devil all the time. It's all the maca. <laughs> um, but basically, they said that they're because of the way that the human mind works, anything could potentially be an aphrodisiac because of the ritual associated with it. So, like, if your right. girlfriend is covering herself in chocolate and you associate that with getting it on, then you it will be an aphrodisiac, you know, because your brain is, like, right, ready for it. Or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's my story. Amazing. I love it. Aphrodisiacs. I'm trying to think if they're like anything. I've never really been like, I've honestly at zero times in my life have ever been like, oh, I want to eat this food to make me horny. Have you? No. I keep saying horny also. And I don't really like to say horny just for the record. Anyone listening? I never, ever say horny. I find it to be one of the least like cool or sexy words out there. And I'm saying it a lot, and I feel like I'm defining myself as someone that says horny. And I'm not <laughs> someone that says horny, okay? Yeah, and I'm that. not going to say it again. So just so you know, I don't know where that came from. But um, I don't know if there's any foods that make me feel horny <laughs> or that I've ever like wanted to eat to feel horny. I, I don't think so. Yeah. No. I don't know. I mean, I guess like smart food popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so salty. Okay, look, let's take a break. We'll come back. I have some things to share with you, with all of you, with you and you and you and you. Okay, bye. My name is Sarah Kim, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Wisconsin cheese has proven time and time again to be a delicious expression of craft, hard work, and tradition. As a Cheeselandian, I am able to share a Gouda experience with fellow cheese and food lovers nationwide, as well as connect with cheese producers and cheesemongers, taking my love of cheese to another level. I invite you to join Cheeselandia because during these difficult times, it has been even more important to take it easy and get cheesy. The Cheeselandia community and events have been the glue helping to keep us together and connected, and I would love it if you would join me. And let's face it, if you hear the word cheese and get a little hungry, then you've found a place you can call home. To find out more about Cheeselandia, go to Cheeselandia.com. show we're back to the show are you feeling horny i know i am okay so (laughs) i'm i have no i'm not mature enough to do this so i'm gonna start by uh i have a couple of food pickup lines written by people who uh have probably sexually assaulted someone um (laughs) girl you remind me of a box of chocolates why because i want to take your top off Baby, if you were a fruit, you'd be a pineapple. What? Baby, if you were a fruit, you'd be a pineapple. No. Mm-mm. <clears throat> Look, I'm just reading the material. I don't write this stuff. <laughs> You're like milk. 
I want to make you part of my complete breakfast. You are like milk. (laughs) Every woman (laughs) likes to be told they're like milk. Everybody knows that. Your name must be Coca-Cola because you're so delicious. Nope. Why Coca-Cola? Why does it have to be (laughs) Coca-Cola? I have no fucking clue. Uh, These are alleged pickup lines. Um, I love the way you move like butter on a bald monkey. Now, this one I find confusing, and (laughs) I worry that it's, it's something we shouldn't be saying. But for the record, I have no idea what that means. But um, it's confusing and it's disturbing. Um, excuse me, do you work at Little Caesars? Because you're hot and I'm ready. Nope. No? You mm-hmm. must work at Subway because you're giving me a foot long. Now that one I like. <laughs> that one would work. Okay. If you want to date me, tell me I give you a foot long. With peppers, with spicy peppers. Okay. <laughs> I also have a definition from Webster's Dictionary to start this dumb part of my show. Um, Fetish is defined by Webster's Dictionary as a form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothing, part of the body, etc. So I'm going to confess something, which is that I watched a lot of porn in uh, preparation for this episode. (laughs) And I'm not usually a porn watcher. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just, for a variety of reasons I won't get into right now, it just doesn't really do it for me. Mostly I feel like the dudes are very gross and ugly and I don't want to like watch some (laughs) disgusting, awful dude with like receding hair and like a ponytail and like a Grim Reaper tattoo, like give it to some woman. It just doesn't do it for me. (laughs) No, no shaming, but it's not for me. (laughs) <laughs> did you just some woman yeah <laughs> like, i'm just picturing because like it's so odd like, the porn that you're describing is like from the 90s <laughs> well i didn't know there was i was just i rented a bunch of videotapes is there another way to ingest porn i'm not sure <laughs> I-, I called away for some <laughs> i spent like 300 dollars ordering vhs tapes <laughs> just to research this one episode that only one person molly oliver is uh, molly culver is listening to that's okay. great though, because now you can have like a an episode of a sitcom where you have like your box of porn that you have to give away to your friends when you get in a serious relationship. Exactly, and then my boss finds it because my boss is also like my best friend, and like they're over at my house, and I yeah, it's it's gonna get very complicated very quickly. I will <laughs> tell you that you know my TV setup is just I watch TV on my computer. And it's in my living room and, you know, we have, I live in an old building and it's a small building and everyone can hear everything. And so I was watching porn at a very loud volume earlier and several of my neighbors walked up and down the stairs and heard me listening to porn. And not only porn, splashing porn or wet and messy porn, as we're going to talk about right now, because wet and messy is the fetish that we're talking about today. And I like, I have mixed feelings about splashing and wet and messy I am not like really into it, but something about the slipperiness, I can understand why that would be fun. But then there's so much cleanup and and at a certain point and with certain things they use, it gets, it almost makes me um, gag, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with like ketchup or mayonnaise or something. Well, I don't want to like kink shame people. No, no, not, no kink shame at all. If you like it, it's cool. I don't mean it makes me gag like, ew, it's bad. It actually literally just like looking at that much like mayonnaise in someone's butt like <laughs> makes me feel <laughs> sick but that's just me 
<laughs> I'm not saying it's like generally wrong at all. I did watch a couple things. There was this one woman who was masturbating with ice cream and I was just like, I get it. But like also all I could think about was like the yeast infection component of it. Yeah. It's bad yeah. to put sugary stuff in there. Don't put ice cream in your vagina. Just, I don't think you should. If you want to, that's fine. Also milk. People, a lot of this happens with milk-based substances. It doesn't milk? seem good for your pH. Milk. I guess that explains that pickup line. You are like milk. Exactly. You're like <laughs> milk. I'm going to fuck you in a pool of milk. All right. Now, Urban Dictionary, which is where I got like a third of my information from. This is going to tell you about the quality of this episode. But um, Urban Dictionary per, uh, defines splashing. Uh, noun, a sexual sensual food exchange in which at least one person covers another person in different tastes, textures, and temperatures. Eating the food off said person is optional. It's common practice for the sploshy to be nude so as to heighten the feeling of food on their bare skin. The splosher can also be nude or clothed based on the preference. Other common usages are present uh, are the present verb splosh. He quote, he knelt in the shower while his partner covered him with layer after layer of sticky syrups, <laughs> slick oils, and chilled liquids. This is so specific. Never knowing what sensation or intoxicating aroma she would be splashing with him him with next. Each touch of her hand or dribble of liquid sent waves of awareness shooting through his body. That's an example of splashing used right. in a sentence correctly. <laughs> Thank you, Urban Dictionary, for your sentences. They are an endless source of entertainment. How about that sentence? Am I right? Um, <laughs> all right, now let's go on to my next source of research material. Good old Wikipedia, who I feel like was blushing through explaining this to me. <laughs> I felt bad for Wikipedia because I feel like somehow they're like a, a grandmother and they, don't, they didn't want to talk about this, but they sure did. So I'm going to def- define wet and messy fetish, otherwise known as wham, not to be confused with the band wham. It's spelled differently. This is just W-A-M. <clears throat> also known as sploshing is a form of sexual fetishism whereby a person becomes aroused when copious amounts of substances are applied to the naked skin, face, or clothing. Several dozen websites are dedicated to wham. You hear that? Whammers? Do- you guys have dozens of websites. And don't even let me get started on the library of videotapes you have available to you. <laughs> if you just call this number. <laughs> <laughs> call my phone number. Um, Buy my book. Many people with wham fetishes are drawn to the tactile sensations of wet or messy substances, duh, against their skin. Other individuals simply prefer the visual appeal of others getting wet and messy with products that have different textures, consistencies, and colors. A substance will often be pelt. A, a subject will often be pelted with cream pies. Now, this is true. There is a lot of cream pies going on, and I always knew cream pie is a different sexual thing. But this is another version of cream pie. And this sex. is the cream pie that you eat and make. With this is the cream pie that kitchen exactly. ingredients. <laughs> yes, but often people use shaving cream in a pie crust, which is very weird. Um. Some like to have slime dumped on them or to sit in a cake, which is how I became aware of splashing. Now, there's Wikipedia goes on to define this, but I want to put a pin in it because I first became aware of splashing during the late 1990s, early 2000s when I was sneakily watching an episode of Real Sex late at night without my mother knowing. And they detailed splashing 
And I've never gotten it out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> there was just people sitting, like grown up sitting in cakes, and I was like, huh. What does I thought the you world were gonna talk about me? the cake farting lady. I don't know what that is. What is that? Oh. That was a popular video in the two thousands where a woman sits on a cake and farts on it. Oh. That's it? And it what, does it explode? <laughs> Uh, no, but it sweats the nation because she just puts her butt right in a cake and then farts in it. She's, huh. you know, not wearing any pants. I wonder where she is right now. Um, Wikipedia goes on to say another common theme is the pouring of substances inside clothing while it's being worn. Now, I don't know that this would make me hard, but it would feel kind of interesting to have, I don't know, Russian dressing poured into my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. And sauerkraut. Okay. That all would probably right. be good for your pH. Um, You're just okay. going to have almost a Reuben. <laughs> well, almost, yes. Uh, normal street clothes, either casual. <laughs> this is going to be hard for me to get through reading. Normal street clothes, either casual or office wear, are commonly featured <laughs> in WAM productions. <laughs> but, office wear or but, street clothes. <laughs> But many other types of outfits, from wedding attire to industrial overalls or more specialized fetish wear, such as PVC, latex, or other leather items, may be used. Thank you very much for your permission, Wikipedia. White items are particularly popular with some fans of this fetish. Meshy substances are most commonly focused on by Wham participants, including whipped cream, raw eggs, milk, lotion, and then in quotations, there's a clickable links that in, in Wikipedia it says, see lotion play. <laughs> Paint, oil, mud, pudding, chocolate sauce, fruit juice, beer, shaving foam, shampoo, sea soap land, custard, baked beans, ketchup, ice cream, peanut butter, slime, cake batter, amongst others. Hmm. So what's soap land? Uh, I don't know. We're good. That's for next episode. Okay. Yeah. So in a 2011 study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, 24.5% of men reported engaging in fetishism, with 30% saying they fantasize about it. Fucking duh. Uh, The World Health Organization says fetishes are common and only pose a problem if they impede on normal sex, if they impede normal sex or cause distress. And I don't know what that would mean, impede normal sex. I don't know. Isn't that the whole point? Anyway, I don't think it's the whole point of the fetish to impede sex. I, I I'm not I'm not sure about what that's supposed to mean. Uh, did you know that Christina Aguilera is into splashing? Uh, on she posed sitting in a cake in a photo shoot for Out magazine. <laughs> so this is from uh, the most reputable website on the internet, CannabisLifeNetwork.com, uh-huh. and they give some tips for success about splashing. Number one. Get plastic painter sheets from the dollar store and put one down over the top of your bed. Cover That's the what floor. I was going to say. You need to, like, get some Dexter going on, and then that way the cleanup is much easier. Absolutely. Did you see that Lars Van Trier movie with Matt Dillon, um, The House That Jack Built? No. It, it's actually... I don't know. It's okay. I wanted it to be a little bit better, but, like, he's a serial killer, but there's a, a lot of uh, laying down things to avoid mess, and that's what this <laughs> made me think of. Um, okay. Even if it feels unnecessary, being prepared will encourage you to let loose. That's a very good point. 
As children, we loved getting messy and learned that as long as you have protected the environment, it's okay. This lesson (laughs) is deeply ingrained. Honor that and you will have a better time. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. Who wants Mm -hmm. baked beans in their pillowcase? Not me. Somebody, probably. That's true. That's another fetish. Be a bean sleeping, bean dreaming. <laughs> I've been dreaming about you. <laughs> you are like beans. <laughs> oh my God. That's very funny. All right. Next tip. Be conscious about how the temperature and the spicing of the food will affect the skin and the genitals. This is a great tip. You don't want to pour like, I don't know, burning hot oil. You don't want to like do this with like fryer oil. Um, always test for heat with your wrist and avoid spices at all costs. Okay. All spices yes. like cinnamon, but I mean, obviously like spices. I mean, pepper. not all spices because it's possible that spices, chili peppers are an aphrodisiac. Hello. Right. Come on. Get with it. CannabisLifeNetwork.com. Uh, have a conversation first and find out if your partner has any allergies or dietary restrictions. Oh my God. It's like being at a fucking dumb restaurant. Um, while it is important to know their likes and dislikes, it is more important to stay safe and avoid any problems. Nobody wants to find out about a lactose intolerance while eating food off private parts. <laughs> that is true. That's very fair. That will create a whole different kind of mess. Um, if you're going to medicate, <laughs> if you're going to medicate the food before you splash it on your partner, use a low dose. It's easy to lose yourself in what you're doing and eat more than you might expect. I think they're talking about if you want to put, you know, weed in your get weed into this whole situation. Sure. All right. Um, so I watched a video also on this website called Nowness, and it was like a very short film. Maybe it was like a minute long, and it, it's actually fun to watch. It was um, a video by a filmmaker called Toby Ames, and it featured like a hot woman who could look like she could have been French. She was like in her late 40s, very beautiful and she makes this gorgeous cake and it's sexy watching her make it. Like she makes the jam and she makes this pavlova and uh, meringue. It's delicious. And then she like looks like she's waiting for someone. She puts it all together and then she sits in it and she like starts to come. And then the doorbell rings and she gets <laughs> frightened. <laughs> it's really good. It was like really fun to watch. Um, some of the weirdest things I saw out there, baked beans, um, I get it, but it seems to me I wouldn't want to fuck with beans. They're so little they can get stuck anywhere. <laughs> um, SpaghettiOs, mac oh, yeah. and cheese, and like nacho, a lot of liquid cheese, which you might like. I guess. I do mm. like liquid cheese. You love liquid cheese. Who's to say you wouldn't like it, you know, someone to lick it out of your armpit? Yeah, no one's ever tried. Not yet, they haven't. So... That's pretty much splashing. There's a lot of sitting in cakes. Some of it seems like I've always wondered about splashing because like the real sex video that first got me interested in this topic was that it didn't seem like they boned afterwards. It seemed like just sitting in the food was enough for Mm -hmm. them. Right. I think other people certainly must bone or masturbate. Right. But um, this prompted me to ask... The question to you, and maybe instead of like a top three, we'll just kind of rattle off some of this. But like, what are some of the wor- best and worst things you could think to like sit in or or do it in? So I have raw nuts for the worst. <laughs> okay. Tater tots. Mm, yes, terrible. 
And I put Bates Alaska, but because it's on fire. But I I'm did like, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, it's actually probably would be fun to sit in it because it's like soft and squishy. Yeah, you'll put it out with your butt cheeks almost There's immediately. Like butt textures. Um, totally. The best thing I have is Boston cream pie, mm. regular cream pie, mm. and scrambled eggs. Oh yeah, scrambled eggs. That's good with or without ketchup. No ketchup for me, but hmm. do what I you put want. Ketchup. I love ketchup on my scrambled eggs when they go in my mouth. So I can imagine if when they go in my vagina, I would enjoy it too. Um, <laughs> the worst things to sit in: number one, sizzling <laughs> fajitas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like I could just stop there. I've peaked. That's the funniest thing I can possibly imagine, honestly. <laughs> um, fun. Cheese fondue or any fondue, spiky right. sticks, hot, oh, a little tiny pot that you might get <laughs> stuck in. Right. Embarrassing. <laughs> Embarrassing. Um, Szechuan beef, just because it's so spicy and beef. <laughs> um, bread starter. Ooh. As it could cause, it might feel good, but it, that will definitely cause a very bad yeast infection. Yeah. I've written a lot because I couldn't stop. Um, Alaskan crab legs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Spiny. <laughs> so spiky. Also in the same vein, sea urchin. Not when it's right. like when it's still in the shell. Not a good idea. Um, nachos, panko breadcrumbs, raclette. <laughs> <laughs> raclette af- right after it's been torched. Oh, okay, because I'm like, really, if you just sit on the wheel, it's fine, right? No, that's fine. I mean, like, hot, blazing hot, burning hot, melted raclette. Sure. Um, pita chips, baked Alaska, table-side Caesar salad, just because mm-hmm. it's so embarrassing. And um, table-side and, guacamole, also. And, <laughs> yes, table-side guacamole would be terrible to sit in naked. <laughs> um, and a whole pineapple. <laughs> oh, right, because it's so spiny. Exactly. And then my best ones are peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Chunky peanut butter. Okay. Almond butter. <laughs> uh-huh. Chocolate mousse. Oh, yeah. Fluffy. Flan. <laughs> Ooh, flan. That probably can, is a video. Wouldn't, can you imagine? It just must feel so good just sitting down in that flan. Sugary, but Sugary, good. yeah. Guacamole, not prepared table side and with no <laughs> jalapenos in it. Guacamole prepared in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> <laughs> private guacamole for your privates. Um, rice pudding. Okay. Pina colada. Frozen pina colada. Sounds icy. Icy, delicious. Chicken liver mousse. Right. Mushy. Corn on or off the cob. Right. A six foot sandwich. (laughs) Farina. Spaghetti with butter and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Simple pleasures. And cold borscht. Or hot borscht. Or warm, warm, let's say warm borscht. Blazing hot borscht. Yeah, room temperature borscht. Yeah, lukewarm borscht. Borscht that was hot and it's on its way to becoming cold. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So what an episode. What have we learned? Nothing. I've learned about myself that I might actually like using the word horny. And I might use it more often. If allowed. I still hate the word I learned that Aphrodite is from Uranus's genitals being thrown into the sea. <laughs> mm. That's very interesting. I'm assuming is the plot to the movie Mighty Aphrodite. That's a great movie and one that I've been wanting to rewatch. 
Um, but like, it's not available anywhere. I can't find it anywhere. Well, Mighty Aphrodite, the uh, Mina Savari, right? Woody Allen movie with Mina Savari in it. It's not. Is it Mina Savari? I think so. I'm almost a hundred percent positive, but not a hun- not as positive as I am about Campbell Scott being in the movie yeah. Dying Dying Young. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite um, fact. She got the Oscar for it. Um, she did. Yeah, it was. I think it was Mina Savari. Well, it's well, Mira Sorvino. That's what I meant, Mira Sorvino. But I said Mira, Mira Savari, Sav- who's also a person. She is a person, but she's like from the early 2000s. Like that she was in um, American, what is that movie? With the bag that floats around? That sucks and everyone American thought it was good. Beauty. Yeah. American Beauty. <laughs> With the bag floating around. <laughs> See, I can guess the movie based on your very minimal clues. <laughs> the bag with the the movie with the bag floating around and the, and the rapist and uh, the bath and the rose petals. Yeah, that movie it's, stinks. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> I don't really like to say that because I mean everything's good to someone, and I usually find something to like about most movies. But that movie really stinks. Yeah, it's really bad. Also, recently, I think it's been on something because people have been writing articles about how it's terrible. Yeah, it's no. it's not good, it and it swept the Oscars the year that it came out. A lot of whispering from Kevin Spacey, which I don't appreciate. I do think that Ooh. Annette Benning is a delight in anything. Oh, she's, she's incredible! In. Yes, she's very yeah. good. She can do no wrong. She really carries that whole film. Her and the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What is the deal with the bag? He's like, you have to appreciate life because of a plastic bag or something. I don't really. He's like a teen artist who's like, oh, it's you know, I found some photos that I took the other day when I was like in my teens and 20s and the things I thought were, like, cool art. I mean, it's so dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, teens are really dumb. Teens are truly the worst. Um, (laughs) If you're one of our teen listeners, go to hell! (laughs) If you're a teen listener, I don't know if you're allowed to listen to this episode or not. Yeah, if if you're a teen listener, uh, I bet you're blushing right now. But you've probably (laughs) done all of this stuff. What about having sex in a giant movie theater? Like, you know... Yeah, in the movie theater when you see behind the curtain, like whatever curtain to where they make the popcorn and it's like this a massive amount of popcorn. It's like a pool of popcorn, like a ball pit, but full of popcorn. That might be fun to have sex in. Although if the popcorn enters you, troubling. Yeah, there's just too many small pieces to account for. But the weightlessness of it has an appeal. Why don't you just have sex in the ball pit? I would like to just at this point just have sex in my bed (laughs) or on my couch. That would be fine. (laughs) I don't need to be in a fucking ball pit full of popcorn. I'm low maintenance. I'm just saying maybe I'll get there at some point if I start dating someone who works at a movie theater. If you are that person, call me. (laughs) I'd even have sex in your bed. Huh? Yeah, I have a twin bed right now, so get in there. Great. We just need to find twins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whoa! Just ah, twin. <laughs> or twins that are like conjoined, like in the movie Stuck on You, which I also watched no. recently. No. No? You wouldn't have sex with conjoined twins with me? I find that offensive. Well, for all three of us. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to have sex with the non-conjoined twins, but I, now I understand why you needed a twin. Okay. You I think thought, you're too yeah. good for the three of us. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> You guys go off into your popcorn ball pit in the sky, and I will stay home. Dude, I'm just going to say before we get off the air, Amanda, you're probably shouting at us to finish up. Sorry. Sorry, Charlie. We're, we're almost out of here. But um, I will just say 
that I think Stuck on You is a funny movie. I've never seen it. It's actually quite funny. And I'm not a huge Matt Damon enthusiast, as you may or may not know. Um, but I find him adorable in this film. And I do love Greg Kinnear, America's true sweetheart. <laughs> God bless Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear, obviously you're listening to the show. Please phone in. Let us know what your food fetish is. You must have one. My guess is it's like, I don't know, Triscuits. <laughs> mm, crunchy. Ooh, gosh. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for sticking it out. Get it? Through this whole show with us. Um, I'm sure... You're ready to uh, walk the plank at this point. (laughs) But I had fun. I had a great time. Molly, did you have fun? Molly Oliver? Molly Culver? If you did, write us a letter. Yeah, beep us. As you've heard in earlier episodes, we respond only to beeps and pages. Um, Okay, love you very much, everyone. Have a great week. And uh, yeah, hasta la pasta. Bye. Bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening. <laughs>